Thank you for listening to the Silver Club Podcast. Here's your host, two-time Walker Cupper and former world amateur number one Steve Scott, and men's golf coach at Yale University and golf historian Colin Sheehan. Welcome back, all you Silver Club Podcast listeners. This is episode 37, and we're going to give Colin the week off this week. We're going to bring you a podcast today that was supposed to come out in early April, just short of the Augusta National Women's Amateur. I interviewed four great people on site on the campus of Wake Forest University in Winston-Salem, North Carolina. The coach, Kim Llewellyn, the associate head coach, Ryan Potter, and two of the players, Emilia Miliaccio and Swing Lou, two players who were supposed to be playing in the Augusta National Women's Amateur. So you're going to learn a lot from them. You're going to learn about what it might take for you or your children to be able to have a chance to play for a team like the Demon Deacons. And you're just going to get a whole lot of wonderful information and some funny stories along the way. Before we get to this, though, I wanted to thank our partners of the Silver Club Golfing Society, the Dunhill brand, the Leith Silver Company, the Winston Collection, Turtleson, and Torch Eyewear. Cannot thank all of these partners enough for everything that they've given to our society. You can check out the links on our website at silverclubgs.com. Just go in the drop-down menu and find the partners page there. You find all the links to all of these great companies. Remember, we're on Instagram and Twitter at silverclubgolf. And we're on Facebook, too. When you take a look through all those, you're also going to see one of the things that we've done. It's a Greatest Club Champions post. You're going to have the chance to submit an entry for your own Greatest Club Champion. Maybe it's your father. Maybe it's your friend. Maybe it's yourself. We want to collect all these great stories and submit them out to the world because we think it's that important for all of these wonderful champions who've won multiple club championships at their club or have some great heartwarming story. We just love celebrating the amateur game and the competitive game of golf. So look at all of our Silver Club Golf sites there and you can post your own on our website. Just again, click in our drop-down menu on Greatest Club Champions. We do plan on having some upcoming events towards the end of this season that you can be a part of even as a non-member of the Silver Club Golfing Society. We've got a few spots left on September 23rd at Trinity Forest. November 5th, we're going to be in Atlanta at Settin' Down Creek. And you can just hop on our website under our event schedule and you can enter online. So we'd love to see you there. I know everybody's itching to get out there and play and compete a little bit, so we can't wait to see you. Another way that you can get out there and play a little bit, and I'm going to be on site for this one as well. If you live in the Carolinas area, somewhere around there, the middle part of the Carolinas, we're going to take a trip to Tobacco Road, really in the heart of North Carolina, great Mike Strand's design there. Friday, June 5th, just before lunchtime. If you're interested in coming to play, just send us an email to contact at silverclubgs.com. If you want to come to Tobacco Road on June 5th, we'll have a lot of fun, maybe a little competition as per Silver Club Golfing Society rules. So uh, we'll have a little fun, just a nice informal gathering, social distancing all the way. All right, before we get to all four 
of our great Wake Forest Demon Deacon guest. We caught up with Kim Llewellyn just recently to give us a little recap of what's going on in the world of college golf right now. Thanks so much for listening and enjoy this whole podcast. All right, Kim Llewellyn back on the Silver Club podcast. A lot has happened in the NCAA realm since we met back up in early March on your campus there. Talk to us a little about what has happened in in your life in the team's life. Well, as you know, we were when we were talking to you, we were all anticipating the Augusta event. We were anticipating uh, NCAA's um, returning back there, um, and then a quick day in March, it all stopped, and um, we were actually at a, a practice round at the Notre Dame tournament, which was in Arizona, and we were pulled off the course, and they said um, athletic events were, are, are going to stop, and we had sort of started to see, um, you know, that this might be happening with what was going on, um, you know, overseas and um, with COVID, and so we were starting to see some of it. I don't think um, any of us thought that everything would be canceled as it, um, as it was. So that took us off guard. We were startled. Um, but immediately we went into, um, okay, our season's ended. We did a quick, we were in Arizona. I had about five hours and I did a quick end of the year. Um, oh my goodness, this is this swings last year. I've got to uh, do something. So we had a dinner. We we called in everyone on FaceTime and had a quick senior um, dinner. And then we had a congratulatory um, dinner as well because the team at that time, you know, ranked number one in the country. And so I wanted to recognize them for their successes and all their hard work. So uh, we get pulled off the course. And with five hours, we end up having a senior banquet and an end-of-the-year congratulatory banquet. Um, Unbelievable. Unbelievable. And so um, things changed pretty quickly for us then. Yeah. Talk to us about the, you, you mentioned Swing Lou. She was maybe your, I guess your only senior on the team, correct? Yes. My yeah. only senior. So yes. yeah, Swing's part of our podcast here in a moment. Her and Amelia Miliacho were going to be playing in the Augusta National Women's Amateur and back in April. And that's kind of what prompted this whole thing. And Ryan Potter your associate head coach was also on the podcast, but talk to us a little bit about the the status of the players. Is Swing is she able to come back and play next year? Right, that's interesting. So we were coming back from that tournament in Arizona, like I was saying, and uh, we're driving in the van, and I get this text that that says it's a um, newsflash: NCAA is going to allow seniors uh, and everybody else actually another year of eligibility. So uh, Swing and I cut our eyes at each other. So I had just had a senior banquet the night before. The <laughs> next day, as is the, the feeling of what's going on, right, we go day by day. I looked at it and we cut our eyes at each other and, and we um, Swing decided to come back and, and hold <laughs> off on playing professional golf. And so she's coming back, which will give her another chance for a, a national championship. And also she'll get to play in the Augusta event. Uh, that's exciting news uh, for all the women's golf, for all Wake Forest Demon Deacon fans. That's that's exciting. I'm sure you you were uh, you were so giddy when you heard about that. Talk to us about the recruiting process now. Where where is that at? Can you pursue other players right now? Or talk to us a little about recruiting. Recruiting right now, um, we uh, we have our incoming uh, freshmen that'll come in. 
We're actually very good up through 21. Um, so we're now going to start recruiting 22s. And this is going to look very different now. Uh, 22s will be, uh, we can start June 15th having conversations with them. We're in a dead period. We're not allowed to evaluate any anybody right now. We're not allowed to go off campus and, and recruit. And I don't know how long that'll last, to be honest. And so um, I think a lot of things are going to be virtual. Fortunately for us, we had done a lot of evaluations in our 22s early. So it'll become virtual uh, recruiting. We will probably be walking around campus and showing them things. We'll be having um, virtual team meetings with with the recruits so they can get to know the culture and, and the camaraderie of the players. So it's going to look a lot different, but I think it'll probably look a lot different from now on, to be honest. Yeah, it's, it's, it's all very interesting and certainly a, a fluid world we're living in. Before we get to the podcast, though, I want to just go back one year really from today when this podcast drops. This will be really the, it should have been the final round of the Women's NCAA Championship in 2020. Go back in time a little bit. We recently saw on Golf Channel the replay of last year's final. I got to tell you, I was nervous watching it, and I knew exactly what was going to happen. It was just such a tight match. The whole thing, I mean, at one point, four matches were tied. You had three matches went to extra holes, which is a record out of five. I mean, it's almost unfathomable. How much do you look back and say, what if? Oh, goodness. I think, you know, I think... um I think you can see, I, I didn't watch it. I had so many people texted me the other day and they said, Hey, it's on. And I said, I just can't watch it. <laughs> I just can't watch it. Um, Don't blame you. I know um, it, you're excited to be there and to be in that position. That's where you want to be. And in golf, you know, you, you win and you lose. Right. And you come runner up. Right. Yep. <laughs> <And> so, <laughs> um, I know it so, all too well. I know, I know you do. And so I do think that you, you look back and, and again, like I said, it's been on TV and, and, and you're able to watch it. And um, you look back and you say, what if we had done this or what if we had done that? But we did put ourselves in great positions. We put ourselves in positions to win matches. And there always has to be a winner and there has to be a loser. But to be that close, I'm proud of those young ladies. Um, and they walked off there disappointed for about 10 minutes, but then eager to get back there and try it again the next year. And I'll tell you what, with Swing coming back, um, we're going to have um, the same team um, that we had this year and add a, adding a few great freshmen. And so I really can't wait to see what NCAAs is going to be like next year. The odds-on favorite for sure are the women Demon Deacons. Uh, one other thing that's happened since we talked back in March you had a big award thrust on you, <laughs> National Coach of the Year. Congratulations. Thank you. How about that? Uh, i tell you what, it's always an honor when your colleagues vote for you for something of that magnitude. And, and um, i tell you what, that's a, that's a coach's uh, dream, a coach's honor to have your colleagues vote for you and, and to receive such an honor. So I'm, uh, I very much appreciate it. And, um, and um, I'll tell you what, it takes – a group of people with with Ryan and and all those young ladies and Coach Daly and and, and our administration to 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 be behind um, all of us to it's everybody's award, not just mine. Well, very humble and very well deserved. And uh, you've had a heck of a run so far. You've only been in Winston Salem here for a couple of years now, and you've got a lot of great things under your belt and a lot more to come. 
what a run you've had. So big congrats on all your success. And I can't wait to get to this podcast here with you, Ryan, Amelia, and Swing. Enjoy it. And we'll look forward to a great fall. Hopefully we get back, everybody gets back on campus and, and back to our uh, somewhat normalcy. Great. Thank you so much for having us and Josie. All right. It is a spectacular day here on the Silver Club podcast. We are on site here in Winston-Salem, North Carolina, and it is so cool for me to rub elbows with four of the greatest people in the game. We have two players and two coaches. We have Kim Llewellyn, we have Ryan Potter, and we have Amelia Miliaccio, number five women's ranked player in the world, and then also the number 39th ranked women's player in the world, Swing Lu from China. So welcome everybody to the Silver Club Podcast. Thank you for having us. We're, we're pleased to be uh, here with you. Well, it's, it's so awesome. We had the opportunity last year on the podcast to interview Jennifer Cupshow right here in this very building. This is the Arnold Palmer Golf Complex and the Diane Daly Learning Center. Diane Daly, obviously a, 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 a tremendous coach here, women's coach here for 30 years. You took over a couple of years ago as the women's coach here coming from East Carolina University and uh, spending two years there and then 11 years at the University of Virginia. How has the transition gone so far for you, Kim? Well, it was wonderful, obviously, from last year. Uh, um, it was an easy transition. Coach uh, Diane Daly, good friend of mine, known her for a very long time, recruited a lot of these young ladies and had obviously seen them play quite a bit being a coach from the ACC. So very easy transition came in. Delightful young la- ladies, easy to coach, and um, we had a blast last year. So, and Coach Potter, very uh, easy to coach with, and so um, we've made a good team. Yeah, for sure. Uh, and just to give a little background on you, you played at UNC Chapel Hill, uh, Division One All-American back in 1993, won on the Futures Tour, excellent player. What There, there are some coaches out there that maybe haven't been players. How has your success gone being a player first and then moving on to the coaching scene? And was this something that you foresaw when you were coming up? No, not at all. Uh, to be honest, I um, enjoyed playing, loved playing. Um, did that up till my first child was born till I was 30. So I played off and on until um, my first child was born. Then wanted to get back in the golf industry. Um, was a teaching pro as well during that time and, and um, thought I would actually go that direction. And then I fell into coaching, actually coached at the Citadel before I was at East Carolina, which is a military school, and I coached the men and the women there. That's where I fell in love with um, being around student athletes and watching them grow both um, on the golf course and, and turning into adults. And that's where I fell in love with it and then ended up turning my profession going into coaching and thrilled to be here uh, back in North Carolina. North Carolina's home for me. Yeah, North Carolina is home. Uh, certainly, a uh, kind of your fourth stint as being a head coach. What sort of things have you learned, and now you're applying here at Wake Forest from your other times? Obviously, experience mm-hmm. is key. You had a tremendous season last year here. Your mm-hmm. first season, uh, maybe a, you made it to the finals of the NCAA championship. We all saw it on Golf Channel. Mm-hmm. Uh, certainly, a, a a wonderful representation for the university. How was that experience? Mm-hmm. Um, well, going back to the to your original question, I think 
as a player, you learn and develop skills on how to improve your own golf game. So you're always analyzing. And I'll tell the, the young ladies this, you know, you're always analyzing. Are you, is your equipment the best it is? is your technique? Is your mental? Is your emotional state? Is your nutrition? Is your physical fitness? You know, you're constantly analyzing those things. And then as a player, you're doing that. Then as a coach, you start to really look at, uh, at the players and analyze them through that lens. Um, and so that's sort of how I think as a player can translate also, you know, coaching. Um, and then last year, uh, these young ladies, phenomenal players, you know, was inherited and um, we were fortunate to have a great team chemistry. They worked hard, um, every single day and, um, we went out and, and made some great memories and some great history for Wake Forest. So phenomenal first season. Well, I'm sure that's led to a lot of great recruiting prospects this year. Recruiting is such a huge thing that coaches do. And Ryan, I'm going to have you chime in here a little bit too, because you're a large part of the recruiting process. You have, if I'm not mistaken, 44, 45 days uh, to over the course of a season to recruit. Is that correct? Uh, yeah, for the men it is. For the men, so excuse me. So how, a, how about for the on the women's side? Uh, we're a little busier. We're unlimited. So um, Unlimited. We, we don't have a recruiting calendar. Oh. Uh, we we may or may not have one coming, but we can recruit anytime, any place, and and for the most part, there's a tournament you could go to every week of the year if you wanted to. Wow, I learned something new every day. That's that's spectacular. So talk to us a little bit about how you and and Coach uh, Llewellyn have gel because you came over. You were an assistant coach under Diane da- with Diane Daly. How has that transition gone? Uh, it was great working with Coach Daly, and she's obviously a legend in her own right. And um, and having Kim here, you know, we both I think share a lot of commonalities. Uh, we're both super competitive. Um, we may show it in different ways, but we really love competing. Um, and then we love you know doing kind of the dirty work day in day out to to help our players the best that we can. So. Um, you know, one thing you asked Kim was, what have you learned through your career? And I think one big thing is like every player is different. So come in the office every day and we kind of discuss about what does swing need? What's Amelia need? What, what does everybody need? And it's always different. And, uh, and then we kind of form a plan to, to do the best we can that day. Um, but I think that we, we share that too. We love the day to day, um, grind and and uh, helping our players develop and the recruiting part's huge too like you mentioned I mean if you don't have good players it, it's hard to be elite so um, I, I think we just both love what we do we love our girls and and we both you know kind of get on really well um, doing that together well I think you talk about the you know the love for the girls the love for the program I think that feeling is mutual uh, in talking with Jennifer Cup show last year on our podcast right here on the Silver Club podcast. We had uh, I think she paid you maybe one of the, the best compliments she could pay a coach. She considered not returning for her senior year. She had an opportunity to just jump on the LPGA tour. She ended up playing in the fall here and but also trying to qualify for the LPGA tour, which she successfully did. And she had the opportunity to just jump right out there. But out of respect for you, uh, as one that she named, uh, she didn't do that. What goes through your mind when you when you hear something like that from a player? Yeah, it's nice. Um, I think it means that we're probably doing something right here. 
but for me, like it tells me two things. Like one, she had a lot of confidence in herself that she thought, okay, I can go out there and a half a season, get my card. And she did. Uh, but the other thing is I think it shows how much she loved Wake Forest and how much she loved her teammates because there were other girls that wanted to jump in and, uh, and figure out the professional game on their own. But, you know, I think people like Amelia and Swing having her teammates and getting to spend one more semester and, and doing something really special, which we did, um, came really close to, to doing something amazing. Uh, but I think that says a lot about the love that she has for this place, too. Well, what's what's not to love? I mean, Winston-Salem, North Carolina, maybe not the biggest uh, metropolitan area in the world. Uh, I'm fortunate enough to call it home now in the last two years. Uh, absolutely love this area just north of Charlotte, about an hour and 15 minutes for those geographically uh, inclined to take a look. But we... In, in Winston-Salem, really, I mean, you have in this Wake Forest University, it's a it's a smaller university. So how are you able and either one of you or both of you can answer this question. How are you able to help recruit people to this university? What are some of the advantages that Wake Forest can offer? Yeah. Let me start. Yeah. Well, I think if you're a golfer, this is kind of, you know, Mecca, the Mecca, right? Like, you have everything really close. So we're sitting here at the Haddock House. It's three years old. It's kind of like a country club. Uh, and you walk a couple steps outside and you have a 18 acre range with four greens, uh, indoor learning center. We have Putt View, Capto, Sam, Trackman, like literally everything you need to be a great player right here at your disposal. It's a hundred yards from your dorm. It's uh, about a hundred yards from nutrition, our brand new weight room and training room and academics. So, and, and then old towns literally like, you know, but butts up to campus. So like f if you want to be a great player and you want to do it, you know, and get a great education and have all the convenience of everything being close, like this place is perfect. Right. So, uh, that's my two cents. And I'll also add, um, golf, like, uh, coach Potter was saying the convenience of it. And if I ask, and I'm going to, hopefully Amelia will answer this exactly what I think, not only the golf side of it, but if you go over there, what immediately attracted you was what? Just the professors and how they love to teach student athletes and they love to teach at Wake Forest. And it was just so eye-opening to see so many people you hear talk about, oh, I'm in a class with like 500 people and, you know, you don't, you don't like swing, you know, she was at like, you know, when she transferred to Wake um, and being able to develop a relationship with the professors and have them email you, oh my gosh, I see you're, you know, at the final round of nationals, good <laughs> luck. Or, you know, I've had professors email me throughout my years here and um, it's been, it's been really special and having those smaller classes uh, they they really work with you, and, and they're proud that we represent Wake Forest. I mean, you're missing how many days of school would you say that you miss in a semester because of golf obligations? I don't know. I feel like I'm we miss school all the time. <laughs> well, 10, 15. yeah, maybe. Sure. Few. Yeah, and then I, I played an extra tournament in the fall, so I probably miss like three weeks or <laughs> something like that. <laughs> well, you've got, you've got a, a pretty big event coming up. I want to talk to you both about uh, coming up just down the road in Augusta, Georgia. But before we do that, 
And Swain, you can jump in here too. You're from you're from China, and th- this team is is you have eight players on the team, and half the team are international players. We have you from China. We have we have Switzerland represented. We have Italy represented. We have Ireland represented. What what do you think about? that whole relationship and how 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 cool is it to almost have like you have the all the corners of the globe covered right here i feel it's super cool it's not only our women's team that's like super diverse like the men's team as well like there is a guy from south africa and there's a like we have another irish guy and a guy from england and last year we had a guy from japan so like it's a super cool just to experience all those like cultural differences and learn about their different traditions it's especially true for me because i'm currently taking cross-cultural psychology so i'm like kind of viewing everything from like that perspective as well like I feel like we all kind of have different communication styles, like proximities and like the way we talk or like if we're like sarcastic, like trying to be sarcastic or like or more directly to the point. So like everyone's like so different. So it's like really cool to like see all those like different like uh, I don't how we we like express ourselves and stuff like that. And I've never been to Europe, but like I've already met like several Europeans. So like I've. It's like just really cool to experience that. And if I do go there one day, I really hope so. Like for tournaments and stuff, um, I feel like it, it might help me with like just communications or like just understanding their cultures better and like just enjoy more, you know? Why, why did you pick Wake Forest out of all the schools you could have chosen across the country? Why here? Well, I went to Illinois my freshman year and I played really well there. Um, like Illinois was a pretty good school, but one, as Amelia has mentioned, I took a, an e- intro to econ class there and the lecture was 600 students. I literally got claustrophobic from that like lecture hall. Um, it, like you're just in the middle of an ocean of students and. Yeah. For me, at least it was borderline terrifying. So I'm like, when I decided to transfer, I'm like, I got to go to a smaller school. And I visited Wake. I think uh, Tony was here when I visited. And I, like, I look at the business school classrooms and I was just, like, stunned because I wanted to go to business school. Like, the classroom looked like the, uh, the maximum capacity is, like, 30 students. So that means, like, we have like smaller classes here so i was like oh my god this is like what i'm looking for and then i saw the range here you can literally hit from anywhere to like any other place like on the whole range and we have like bermuda and bent greens which like since we're like traveling so much to different like courses like it really prepped well for like different conditions and uh, like we have a lot of slopes and like all the track and stuff so i just thought like this place is just awesome I'll stick with you just for one more question because, uh, I mean, I have lots of questions I can ask <laughs> all of you, but one big thing that you uh, were very noteworthy for recently for trying to qualify for the PGA Tour <laughs> China series. Yes, yes, you laugh, but, but it's, that was, that's, that's a pretty monumental thing to do. Uh, it's all over the news. Unfortunately, you had to withdraw because of some severe yeah. arm pain and uh, trying to make, trying to hit it really far and, and all that. But um, talk to us about why you tried to do that and, uh, and what you learned from it. 
Uh, okay, this might sound really. Um, <laughs> honestly, I wasn't really trying to qualify in the first place, because so uh, during before winter break, my dad and I were discussing if I'm like going back home or not. But I kind of got homesick, so I just decided to go home. But like, so uh, I'm in Shanghai, right? And the closest golf course to my house is like an hour drive one way. And like, there used to be a driving range like five minutes down the road, but like that one got uh shut down so like, i pretty much had no place to practice so my we my family and i just kind of discussed well like if i'm going to practice it's going to be some tournament and the only tournament available during that time was the pj tour china qualifying <laughs> okay i played a couple monday qualifiers like the past summer so like i know like the uh the tournament people and like when i saw the uh what's what's that roster thing for uh, the tournament field like most of the junior golfers and like the younger ones like my age i know all of them already so like i wasn't so like nervous heading into that because like i know most of the people there and like, i actually got to play with one of my friends so like it actually didn't feel as different as i would have thought to be honest like fortunately for me like the course the course was actually shorter than like the monday qualifiers that i played past summer because like last year when i played like the courses were like seven thousand or seventy two hundred yards but then this year it's more like 67 68 uh, yeah oh actually a little more than 68 yeah um, like, and the fairways were, were really narrow. So, like, the guys were hitting irons off the tee. Like, they were, like, two irons. They were, like, so, the, so, so the, the distance was reasonable for you. Yeah, right? like, their two irons are still far, farther <laughs> than my drivers. But like, it's, like, manageable. So, um, I, obviously, I was trying to whack it really hard. But, like, I was more, like, like think of that course more like a U- U.S. Open setup or, yeah. like, just a major championship huh. setup because... It's a kind of similar distance and the fairways are narrow mm-hmm. as well and the greens are really undulated. It's a like pretty hard, a tough course. So like, I think that's like more like my mindset trying to prep myself for like some major championship in so, the future. So it really wasn't anything you really set out to try to maybe like a Michelle Wee did oh, back in no. the day or nothing. It was not to that extent. Yeah, no, like I was not. <laughs> you just wanted a place to keep working on your game. Yeah, like it was mainly for some <laughs> practice purposes. Like Also, I had no idea like that people were like talking about it because I didn't have VPN back home and I wasn't checking Twitter or anything. Like, and then all of a sudden, a friend here in the U.S. texted, like, sent me a screenshot on Twitter, and he said, dude, you're famous now. I'm like, okay. <laughs> that's, that's a really interesting story, and man, I bet, yeah, I'm sure you've, uh, you'll be, you'll be talking about that one for a while, but, <laughs> but, um, if, uh, Kim, I want to just kind of go back to you for a second. I know I alluded to the fact that you, you played collegiately here in your home state and at UNC Chapel Hill. And you've seen the game change over the years. How, in your view, has the game changed mm-hmm. now from then when you were a player to now you're a coach? Mm-hmm. Um, well, the caliber of player is a lot better. I mean, the, the scoring averages are lower. Um, it's a tighter dispersion of scoring averages, really, right? right? Yes, yeah, so a lot tighter. Um, so I would say the quality of player, the information that's out there now, um, the, the quality of the mechanics of, of young ladies that are coming in. I mean, all of that, the equipment, you can say, you know, all of that, 
Um, it's just helping them become better players. And again, I, and I'm going to say information. You've got, you know, track man. You've got, oh, shoot, we're all wearing whoops on our arm. We wouldn't have had a whoop on our arm, you know, <laughs> way back. So, I, I mean, get one of those. you've got to get one of those, you know. <laughs> That's what I say um, after I hit a few shots. Right. <laughs> but I mean, you know, we just have all of this technology now that, that, that we didn't have many, many years ago. Um, and I think overall, and the LPJ has done this very, very well. Um, you know, it's become a, a global, sport for us and and the LPJ has become global and now you know colleges and the diversity and we're um, we're having a lot more internationals come over here and take advantage of of um, the, the the college uh, sports and in particularly golf and so you've seen that grow in itself it's becoming more of a global game and so a lot of it's changed I mean I think it's a completely different game um, for many many reasons uh, than it was uh, 25 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we won't count. We won't yeah. count exactly. But so, yeah, I mean, just to paint a picture of where we're sitting right now, I wish uh, we could have some video on this right. because it is a it's a shrine to the Wake Forest right. entire program, the women's mm-hmm. side, the men's side. You've had some tremendous players come through here on right. the women's side, specifically you know, Cheyenne Woods, mm-hmm. Laura Diaz, Jennifer Cupshow, mm-hmm. uh, men's side, Webb Simpson, Bill Haas, uh, right. to name just a few uh, yeah. I mean, this this is you, like a it's like a hall of fame when you walk in here. I mean, before I was the coach here, I would walk in and I would actually we have a, a statue of Arnold Palmer out front, and I would take many pictures in front of that statue. But of course, I couldn't post them because I was recruiting against Wake, right? Um, but saying that, I'd walk in here and, and my and my mouth was open. You walk into a beautiful facility, the Haddock House, and you've got the the Haas Family Range, the Diane Daly Learning Center, all within a pitching wedge of their dorms, all within um, you know a seven iron of where their classes are, where they are having to know the professors, and the professors are sometimes making cookies for them. I mean, it's a special place, a special community um, like no other. And um, like I said, it, it's nice to be back home. <laughs> now, now having a, you have one assistant that's, that's I guess, by, by rule, mm-hmm. right? You're only allowed one. Yeah, but he does the work of ass- like 10. So, you know? <laughs> <laughs> for sure. So- <laughs> we're, we're, I mean, I right. was a head pro up in the, the metropolitan yeah. section in New York. I'm a PJ professional myself and, and so I certainly know the the benefit and the importance mm-hmm. of having great assistance. Right. How do you and Ryan really divvy up the day to day? What does right. a day to day look like in the coaching right. world of you two? Well, I think we, we get to ask this question quite a bit, and I always say, you know, when we we knew each other before we started working together and we both came in and looked at each other and was sort of like, well, what are your strengths? What are yours? And, and we, we said, we've just got to figure it out like a married couple. You know, you get married, you figure out who does the towels, who does the laundry, who does the, you know, and we, we took a semester to figure it out. And, and Ryan's phenomenal with, with recruiting and numbers and stats and, and caring for the young ladies. And so that's sort of where he, you know, he's uh, as swing just pointed, he's in the mind of it. So I don't know exactly, what that leaves me swing but I like that no <laughs> but um but you know and then I think you know um my strengths um you know might be heck I don't know they'd have to ask what my strengths are but um <laughs> but <laughs> thank you well thank you but you know I think we thank you thank you but we work well together and and um we found each other's strengths and and um how to to, to best uh, work within the the team with those strengths so she was asked, talking about her strengths, she's awesome with the golf swing. So she spends a lot of time working with, with our girls on their swings and a lot of time 
uh, in the mornings analyzing them. Uh, I think another thing that she does an amazing job of is thinking about them as people and what they're going through and caring for them. Um, they're under a lot of stress and a lot of pressure, not just golf, but school and you have relationships and you have parents and all that stuff. And you're thinking about the future, you know, as well. So they were kind of like their second, you know, second parents on campus. So uh, there's a lot that goes into coaching that people might not think about all the time. And you only have them for a finite time, right? I mean, in Swing's case, she came in as a sophomore. Uh, now, Amelia's a junior, so this is her third year. She's got one more to follow up with this, but, but there's just a short amount of time where you get a chance to mold these young women. Yeah. And, and we wish we, we, they had more time with us. Um, but it, it's fun for us watching them start as, you know, a freshman or, or sophomore whenever they come to us and, and how they grow, uh, in the game and, and as a person and, and what they become, not just when they graduate, but, you know, years years after they're done here and and wake forest our, our university has a a large impact on their on their lives and to, to add to that in the way that i think about it and and, and you asked you know it's your experience in, in college but you you come in at 18 and you leave it in 21 or 22 this becomes your second home because you've never been by your, you've never lived by yourself typically, um, up until you go to college. So this becomes your second home. And we, a lot of times see the first, somebody that falls in love for the first time or may have the first breakup or their, their first B that they might ever get, right? <laughs> or something like that. So you experience all of these things. Um, while they're turning, um, you know, into adults and it's a special time for us to, to be involved in their lives and, and we're privileged to watch them go from, um, you know, young adults to adults. Perfect idea and segue really into some of my last questions here. I'm not going to keep you forever. I'm sure you've got practice and studies to get to and whatnot, but, uh, you know, uh, definitely if, if I could, uh, ask, uh, Amelia, you know, we've, we've got the Augusta National Women's Amateur coming up for both you and Swing. That's got to be, certainly from a coach's perspective, got to be very exciting. What's going through your mind as we're, you're leading up to this, this great event? Last year, you had the opportunity to play in it as well. Unfortunately, missed the cut, shot 78-73, but showed some resiliency right after that. Came back, won the ACC Championship went on during the summer, won the Pan American Games by 10 shots. What does that speak to as far as your resiliency in the game and your mindset going forward? Yeah, there are so many things. So first, I'm just so excited that Swing made the Augusta Tournament too because I'm so excited to like share this memory with you. It, it's going to be so much fun. I just remember her talking about it ever since we played in the Dominican last year. She finished top 10 and she's played well ever since. So it's been really cool to like just watch each other improve and motivate each other to play in this tournament. Cause obviously that was both mm -hmm. of our goals. Um, and yeah, I had a lot of great experiences last year. I got to watch Jennifer Cupcho win just like I got to watch her at nationals. Both times she sort of wasn't playing well and then played well and then won, which is really cool to see her mental toughness. And also that I did not play my best golf, but I had to learn how to take that aside and humble myself and remember that I am, 
at a tournament where these 72 girls are making history and I'm part of that. Mm-hmm. And it was really cool to be able to sort of step back, which is really hard to do as a competitive athlete when you're very self-centered at times because it's just based on your performance. Yeah. Um, but being able to step back and, you know, this is something that's bigger than just two golf scores. Mm-hmm. It's about making history for women. We're playing at Augusta National, the best course in the world. And these members at Augusta National are the reason for that. They realize that women need to have a tournament here because they deserve it. And that's really, really cool. So, yeah, I think being able to work with not playing well, but being sort of in the best best place you can be for golf is really exciting and you know unfortunately i i had won the brian our our home tournament just before so it could have been any tournament that i i could have you know i was playing great it just happened to i hit five bad wedges (laughs) and and that (laughs) that caused me like seven shots (laughs) that was that Um, was the difference yeah. yeah um but so yeah i think definitely something that i um, one of my strengths is resilience. So I don't, I fight for every shot. If I'm, if I'm going to shoot, if, if I'm about to shoot 80, I'm going to fight to shoot 78. So, and it doesn't matter if it's, you know, high or low. The, the, the invitation that you received, when did you receive it? And what went through your mind when you opened it? The first time I well, saw it? Either time. And, and obviously, you know, you, you knew what was coming and when it was coming, but either time, really. Yeah, I think the first time was really special because people had been posting it on Instagram and I'm kind of like, okay, where where am I going to get it? But the photo doesn't compare to the invitation in person. I mean, it's so beautifully wrapped and the packaging and then you open the letter and it's it's so personalized. I mean, who who knows how much time it took for them to just create one invitation? I couldn't imagine, you know, 72. When did you receive it? What time of the year did you did you did you get it? Um Probably, I think sometime in January. I can't remember the exact date, okay. but yeah, January first is sort of when they kind of announce around that time when they kind of announce who makes so, the team. Okay, so, all right, all right. The tournament. That's neat. And 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 what sort of things did you learn last year that you think will make you more comfortable and more ready to accept the challenge this year as the number five women's ranked amateur in the world? You've had all this great success, all this other experience under your belt. And what sort of confidence do you think you're going to have going in there? Yeah, I think one thing is that I, my mindset to get better is just getting better every day and focusing on the process and not necessarily ranking tournaments based on who's in the field or how much media attention they get. And so going into the tournament, I... I'm preparing the same as any other tournament and I feel like I'm more prepared because I've had a longer time to, you know, more days I've gotten better and better every day, even if some practices aren't as good as others, but you figure it out and then you, you get 1% better. So get a little smarter every year. Yeah. And I think, you know, I know the golf course. I know that I think my average iron into the green was like a six iron on champions retreat, uh, six iron, seven iron. There's not many wedges that you hit. So, um, you know, being able to nail those long irons, which I can do when I'm playing well. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah. And I think knowing how, how much 
attention the tournament gets, being able to know that and then kind of process that and not get caught up in all of it is something that's really important. But my mom will be on the bag with me. So we, we have very similar minds. So we'll be, we'll have a lot of fun together. Really cool. Yeah. You, yeah. You mentioned, you mentioned your mom. She was uh, a pretty doggone good player herself. Uh, 1992 All American at University of Arizona. So you've got some good golfing genes in your family. Yeah, definitely. It's funny because my dad didn't start playing golf until he met my mom. And before my sister and I were born, they would play different golf courses for vacation and stuff. And the the club pro would talk to my dad about, oh, yeah, you know, different holes and like what the greens are and and the stamp and all this stuff. And then my my dad turns to my mom and what did he say? (laughs) I don't get any of it. (laughs) So it's kind of funny, the dynamic, but. Yeah. Cool. Cool. And just to just to uh, pass over to swing, I just want to ask you a similar question. When you got the invitation to the ANWA in the mail, what went through your mind? Well, it was actually more when I got the call. So, um, like, oh, you I got a call first, and then yeah, okay. yes, yes, it, it's a it, it's a funny story. So, um, so um, I don't remember what day it was, but. Like some weekend day, I got a call in the morning, but I missed that call because I was uh, throwing trash out with my uh, flatmate and I left my phone in the apartment. And when I got back, I saw this call from Augusta, Georgia. I I was like, okay, that might be for Anwa, but I wasn't sure about it. And then I looked at my, um, I checked my uh, text and my dad just texted me. He said, someone asked, uh, like someone from Enwa asked for my contact information. So I'm like, oh my God, this really could be it. So I just called them back. But unfortunately, the first time I called back, I forgot. I I was too nervous and I forgot to mention that it was for the tournament. And just told them, um, someone just called me. My name is Swing Lil and, um, I don't know. Do you mind to connect me to the person who called? And and apparently she had no idea what's going on. And I got connected to the HR department. <laughs> yes. Um. And like, and I had no idea back then. Like, I didn't know it was HR. And I told them like my name. And the person looked. Uh. She said, "Okay, let me check for a second. And she she said do you have a job application here? Because I can't find your name anywhere. <laughs> so so that, there's that for the first call. So I called coach. I'm like, what do I do? Like, I have no idea what's going on. Why am I connected to the HR department? And coach said, maybe next time try to tell them it's for the uh, for Anwa, not like just your name. Um, so that's what I did. Thank God a different person picked up the phone. So... Told them it's for the tournament. I, I got connected to the right person, and like it was freezing outside that day, and like I had no service in my room, so I had to go outside and like in my pajamas. But like I was like <laughs> s- like sweating, like excited sweating, and then uh, uh, he told me that I got invited, and I think I just started crying right away, and like he was trying to like ask me some like basic information, and I couldn't even like just talk normally i was just sobbing and like just mumbling words out and it it, it was just unreal you couldn't even spell your name right you're just uh, yeah that's 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 tremendous what a so have either of you sat 
in bed at night, looked up at the ceiling, you're trying to go to sleep and dreamed about walking down that 18th hole, just like Jennifer Cupshow did last year, with a lead in hand. Have you have you dreamt of that? Um, I'm not exactly like that, but I did dream of making the hole in one on 16. <laughs> I've never had a hole in one before, but I've watched so many like video clips of like people making hole in ones. There are so many routes you can take. Like it's like it's gotta be that hole location. And there's so many different routes you can get. You can go right at the pin, like take the slope, go a little bit over the pin and let it like roll all the way back. I mean there are so many different ways you can make a hole in one there. So like it- <laughs> yeah, like, I, like I've like thought about like how I'm gonna celebrate and stuff. So it's not 18, but it's still like the finishing stretch. That that's great. Uh, how about how about you? Yeah, definitely. I mean, yeah, I, I think about I think about it. I try not to think about it, but of course you think about it, right? Giving a speech. I like giving speeches, so I, sometimes I think about it. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I'm just. Yeah, I'm I'm excited to to have those special moments, uh, whatever it, whatever it may be. Um, how, I, I know it's going to be. How incredible. much did watching Jennifer really maybe stoke a fire within you? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I obviously want to want to be there, uh, and and you know, either Swing and I can continue the Wake Forest uh, trend of winning the Augusta National Women's yeah, Amateur. Keep it, keep it in Winston Salem. So Salem-Salem, that's right? the goal. <laughs> um, but yeah, definitely. I mean, I, I'm really excited. What sort of things will you be working on in your game between now and the start of that event? Pretty much the stuff that I always, I always work on. I, I want to nail, you know, six feet and in, just, you know, make those putts. And I think ball striking is really important. So I'll just make sure I'm nailing sort of my mid, mid to long irons. If you can get some of those close, it's a really big advantage. Mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. How about you, Swing? What sort of things are you working on? Are you going to follow maybe in the in, in the coattails of Amelia over here and under you know because she's had experience? Obviously, I'm sure you've asked her a few questions about what's maybe about to happen. Yeah, pre- I mean, honestly, I feel like the preparation is pretty much going to be the same. Like I've heard the greens are really fast here, so probably for me, I will focus a little bit more on chipping, like around the green, because like I do remember Amelia mentioning last year that the greens are really firm, especially at Champions Retreat, and I have a lower like trajectory with my irons, so like I kind of do expect to like have a couple roll off the green because like just the speed of the ball. So like I'm kind of more working on around the green and stuff and definitely trying to dial in my mid to long irons like try to hit them higher so they can stay on the green at least um and honestly just pretty much everything like i've i'm not like familiar with like champions retreat but from all the years of the masters i've watched i feel like it's like just just a test to every single club in your back so that's pretty much like what i'm gonna work on i guess no, great, great stuff, great stuff. And the, the final question here for you, Kim, really is, you know, it kind of wraps this whole thing up. And, and if there are any podcast listeners out there that have a young daughter, maybe a granddaughter who's wanting to come up in the ranks in the collegiate world, what sort of things should they be looking at or doing now? Let's say they're in, you know, seventh or eighth grade. Uh, what sort of things should they be doing maybe to get on the radar and to be a demon deacon maybe one day. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think there's many different routes to get uh, get to the 
to where you want to be. And there's many different places. I think if I have advice and I've coached at many different places and many different levels, um, there's a place for everybody. So whether you want to play and you have a little bit of a higher handicapper or you're, you know, like these young ladies and, and top players ranked in the world, there's a place for you to enjoy college golf. So make sure if that's something you're interested in, um, uh, there is a place for you. So knowing that, um, the way to get there, I think, is having um, good information. I think starting at a young age, having um, a group of a, a team around you, um, either, you know, a, a parent or an instructor um, uh, that's giving you good information uh, just helps you to develop skills at a young age, um, helps you develop good golf IQs. And I think that's important at a young age as well. Um you need to want to put reps in. So you're going to want to be able to, uh, to practice and enjoy practicing. So, so, uh, making sure that you're enjoying those practices, um, and finding ways to, to keep you out there, maybe whether it's chipping contests or going and playing against a friend or, a, you know, a parent and a, um, I think is an important thing as well. Competing at the level that you're at, being able to compete and win at the level you're at. Um, because I'll tell you what, you'll see a lot of folks that, um, they may put their, their kids into a tournament that, that, um, that they're not quite ready for and that can discourage them instead of, um, allowing them to grow and succeed. So I think those few pieces of advice, but if I could tell anybody, it's that if you want to play this game and you want to play at the college level, there is a place for you. And so, um, just get those reps in and you'll get there. <laughs> well, that's great advice and very sound and very wise advice. And I, I can't thank you for enough for being a part of our podcast today. All of our listeners, are uh, infinitely smarter and and more entertained by by all four of you, uh, Kim, Ryan, Amelia, and Swing. Thank you so much for your time. We'll be cheering on the Demon Deacons. Yeah. Best of luck in in all of your success this year and the success that you've had, and keep carrying that over to this season. And uh, maybe a national championship is in your future. Great, and thank you for having us. And we always end this with this: one, two, three. <laughs> <laughs>